This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Today, we have TSN's sports betting analyst and new dad who's yes, been sir. up since yes, uh, very early in the morning. <laughs> and we promise you this is not a sports betting ad. It's Wesley Chang. Hey, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, a lot of, lot of tired, baggy eyes. You know, a lot of makeup getting done to cover up all my flaws. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're getting the raw version of me today. So good to be on. Thanks for Oh, yeah, me. yeah. Well, you know what? We all, we're all using makeup to cover up our baggy eyes. Even, even people like me who don't have kids. So, you know? At least you I feel excuse. like I feel like when I'm in the chair, I almost have like I can consciously see there's like extra time being put working around my eyes to get the raccoons <laughs> going. So um, yeah, it's a real thing. It's like this subtle way of telling me like, yo, get some sleep, dude. Do you um do you love getting your your makeup done? Honest question. Um, it's nice. It's like it's like I feel like pampered. You know. Yes. It's like wow. Yes. Like I, I'm I'm cool. I get to be in the chair. That's uh yeah. That's a nice feeling. I'm not gonna lie. I love getting my makeup done by other people. <laughs> and uh, when when they do, I become like almost like childlike because there's like a very large brush that they use just to like, I, it's not really for blush. It's kind of just to like swipe away anything like excess. <clears throat> and I'm mm-hmm. like, can you just, can you just like put that on my face? Yeah, yeah. You just like, when you, I, I when you see it coming. I ask like- for it. A little more, oh, just, uh, just yeah. a little bit. Just, yeah, I literally one more, one more, one more time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so nice, you know. Oh, it does. Let's let's you know to anybody out there who's laughing about that. That's because you've never had it happen. That's absolutely. why. Okay, absolutely. It's, it's nice. It Shout is out. nice. Shout out. <laughs> well, you do look great on air. Uh, you were covering last night's game. I saw you uh, with the right. TSN crew. Uh, you know, we fully bombed that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you worst. know, you, you keep it entertaining. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Wes, uh, before we get into more basketball stuff, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into sports betting? Like, how did you become a sports betting analyst? Yeah, good question. So um, not that I really fell into it, but um, my first job in sports was with Yahoo Sports Canada. And so they're a huge hub for all things fantasy sports. So basketball Mm -hmm. was the sport I always covered. And then going from Yahoo to TSN, I was still doing a lot of that like content fantasy. And it's just the timing of my arrival at TSN coincided with sports betting being legalized. Mm -hmm. So even though they're not exactly apples to apples a lot of the stuff and principles you take from like studying stats and fantasy sports they're transferable to sports betting so i mean it's a new set of skills that i had to obviously learn but uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, i was doing for yahoo could be transferred to this line of work and it's just 
it's like anything else in life, just like every day trying to learn, trying to learn from people smarter than me, significantly smarter than me, <laughs> and just trying to and just trying to cherry pick, you know, the best of the best from everybody who I can find out there in terms of resources. No, that's cool. And I'm sure like a lot of people who play fantasy are if they're not already sports betting, they're at least intrigued by it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, um, for me, yeah, for me personally, I tried fantasy like one year. And what I learned about myself is I'm way too emotional as a fan. <laughs> fantasy is not for me. Fantasy is not for the faint of heart. You know what I mean? But well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, like people listening to this, they'll tell you like every every fantasy league, any listener is part of in Toronto, you have to pay a hometown discount to have Scotty, Pascal, Fred on your roster. It's just the way everyone pays up for their hometown guys. It's the same for every sport. Leafs, Jays, Raps is all the same. So it's uh, you're not alone. Everybody pays up for their own peoples. <laughs> I uh, I made I made the terrible mistake of like missing like whatever my draft night was. Oh yeah, and that that's yeah, which, amateur, was, always, which oh, is always so worst. brutal. And then I had I thought I still had I, this was like 2017 I think um, where I thought I still had a good team. I had Kawhi Leonard and. I had Gordon Hayward and like they both went out so early in yeah. that season that I was just I was done anyway. I was just yeah, I'm get, yeah, I, I feel you. I was I'm like like Eric Gordon ended up being like the best player. Yeah, that that that's the, that's gonna be tough times for. I was like, uh, I can't I can't make here. a trade for anyone. It was just it was dead. I was like, I'll just give my twenty bucks to whoever right now. It's like just end of November. Army. It was just, end of November. It, it right was done. <laughs> You just see your team, like all the players aren't even being swapped in and out. They're just like static there. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't checked this since November 1st. Oh yeah, yeah. that's exactly how it was. Exactly how it was. It happens to the best of us. But um, okay, cool. So one other question I wanted to ask you about that was like when you are analyzing, like how do you decide like where the odds are? How do you ultimately decide who you're picking on a given night? That's a good question. Okay, so I mean that's the secret sauce, right? I mean, if I if Oh, I did was... I just ask you to tell me like how KFC makes their chicken? No, but it's like, you know, if I actually <laughs> knew how to No, it's more like if I knew how to make good chicken, I'd actually have a proper recipe for you. But like <laughs> every day, like I'm just sprinkling, let me try a little bit of this, let me try a little bit of salt, a little bit of rose. Like um every day it's just about figuring out um certain things certain things that I'm observing with specific teams or uh, like using fantasy as an example, certain players that you're seeing re- like, you know, last two, three games, you know, really doing a good job or somebody gets injured and you see the replacement player for that person is not being properly valued in the sports betting market. Those are some of the things that I think a lot of people look at. Um, but, you know, and the one general note about betting on the NBA versus a sport like NFL Mm-hmm. The toughest part about the NBA is like, you don't know on a given night, is a team just going to show up or not? Like that Toronto Raptors last night. Literally last night, yeah. Last night's the worst one. Like, look how sloppy they were playing after coming off a really good win against the Cavs, right? You would think like, okay, hold on. Siakam's back. Barnes is back. Everybody's ready to go on a run here. Oh, they go into New Orleans. New Orleans is missing their top two playmakers. No CJ, no BI. So... Well, the thing like, you're not considering is that it's New Orleans. Oh, there you go. So, like a lot of a lot you know, of action a, going a, on. There. They must have had a good night. It's a night out. Bourbon yeah, Street's yeah. Uh, it's a it's a banger. They're there, there once a year. They're there I once totally a year. get it. You know, so um, that's probably what happened because <laughs> um, there's no reason. Like, so I, on that note, since we're just talking about it, 
the the betting market, the entire market swung that game very heavily in Toronto's favor. Mm. So Toronto was supposed to be like a one and a half, like it's actually open as a two and a half point underdog, like on the overnight line. By the time tip came, it flung a full five points, meaning that a ton, a ton, a ton of people were putting money on the Raptors. Now, can I ask a silly question? Does that mean people are betting that the Raptors are going to win the game by at least five points? Uh, by two and a half points. By two and a half so, points. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So before before people kept betting it, there the sports betting uh, odds makers were saying, if Toronto loses this game by two points, you still win this bet. But mm. the market was like, oh, I'll take that for sure, and it kept moving, it kept moving, kept moving all the way to Toronto has to win by three or more in order for you to win the bet. So all that all that's to say is everyone thought the Raptors were going to win. Like the whole betting market thought the Raptors are going to win. And then we forget the factor in the Bourbon Street uh, X factor. And then uh, there you go. They <laughs> That's why like I a... need to be a consultant. That's why yeah, I need you, to be consultant. You just got to flag. You got to flag some of those notes. Hey, hey guys, um, have you heard of this place called Bourbon Street? <laughs> uh, might want to put that into your scouting report. Before Literally named game. after alcohol. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that sucked. That sucked. Like, everybody in the market, like, expected the Raps to crush in this spot. Mm. And so, like, sports betting is just, it's it's tougher than you think. That's all I'm going to say to that. What would you give as, like, like a tip for someone who's, like, looking to either get into it or, like, placing bets? Like, what is, like, one of the key things that you consistently look at? I mean, I, this is not my own tip. I've heard from other people smarter than me, but, like, I buy into this principle um bet what you know don't bet on teams like obscure teams that you don't really watch you don't really know the players with oh, oh uh, this seems like a good opportunity because so and so i read an article on espn that like, if you don't watch the charlotte hornets ever don't bet on the charlotte hornets you don't know anything about them you might as well just <laughs> flip a coin or go to the casino but it's like we're in toronto you know a lot about the raptors okay like feel comfortable betting into the Toronto Raptors uh, betting lines more. Don't go wasting time betting on, you know, the Houston Rockets and how they're going to perform tonight against the OKC Thunder. Uh Uh Um, Bet what you know. And, you know, once you get more and more comfortable, you can expand that. But, like, you don't have to go bet on all 13 games when there's a massive slate like that, like last night. Just bet on the ones you know. Right. No, that's a good tip. But even then, it's like, I feel like the Raptors are, have been pretty, you know, I would say inconsistent overall. Oh, they are the worst team. They I, are the like, worst team. They would be so frustrating. Like, we joke about it on our production crew all the time. It's like, why do we have to bet on these guys? Can't we, like, <laughs> can we bet on anyone else other than the Raptors? Because last night's, like, the best example of a night where every single person that's involved in the decision-making behind the scenes felt really good about like, okay, this is a great spot for the Raptors. Yeah, let's go. Yada, yada. About to go on the first three-game win streak. Like, everyone felt the same way behind the scenes. And it's like, by halftime, Kate and Leo and Sam are just like, the fuck was that? <laughs> They're just like, what, type of, what type of performance is Yo, that? That's, that's, yeah. that's the halftime I want to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the halftime I want. It was brutal. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a tough raps. Raps have not been easy to bet on. You know, uh, hopefully they establish some more consistency now that everyone's getting healthier. 
Yeah, well, you kind of um, you said something in your in your I don't know what you call it. You're like your prepackaged like video piece, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Well, this should be a bet a good bet for the Raptors." Like, I felt like you said something in there where you were like kind of saving yourself, like just in case. Oh, but it's no, lose. but it's the truth. Okay, so this is also just like okay, you know what? I'm gonna use this opportunity <laughs> to defend myself every time I give a bad pick. Okay, so um, every time. <laughs> Every time you do sports betting stuff, like no one's gonna compliment you if you hit a, if you hit a winner. Mm-hmm. But if you lose one, then oh it's a, then everyone's oh after you. Yeah, everyone's like, "Yo, hey, are you gonna re? Are you gonna get me a refund for this bet I tailed you on?" Blah 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 blah. So the the note I want to pass along to that is uh, for anybody who actually bets and does sports betting long term, if you're winning fifty five percent of your bets that is considered a successful like you're successful enough as a better right but the expectation for those who don't know and are just really casual they expect you to win like 60 70 80 percent of your bets and the truth of the matter is if you can win that often i wouldn't even be doing this job i just be full like i literally just be full-time hiding somewhere in costa rica and just betting full time. No, seriously, <laughs> seriously, right? Like, so when I go on air and I I give bets, if I'm if I'm winning these bets, like one on one bets, fifty five to sixty percent of the time, that's actually what's considered a success rate, uh, a profitable success rate. But as it goes, you know, it uh, you you, you lose more often than not the, than people realize. So. Yeah, I got I got to defend myself for sure. Otherwise, you get flamed out there. You know, I got well, time for that. You know, winning like fifty to sixty games in a season is considered pretty successful. Oh, that's that'd be huge! Like, so I love that, to win. right? I, so, I love to win fifty games in a season. That's exactly what I'm talking about here with uh, sports betting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, good way, way to flag that. I appreciate you flagging that because it is true. I always have to like it's like the journalistic principles in me. It's like allegedly. He was accused, but like, you know, you can never say, yeah, you know, you could, uh, you can never say directly what happened until it's like legit for sure. So it's like, you should bet in this spot. Like I would consider doing this and that, but I, I never like, but you accused. don't tell never, people what to do. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not, that's not how I roll. Like I never directly tell people, Hey, this is a lock. You have to do this. Well, uh, no, this is no, what you no, want. No, you're not just, that, you're not that cocky. No, well, I mean, I get, I get crushed really fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know why it reminded me of this, but it just reminded me of like when my mom like complains about the weather. Go on. <laughs> because because <laughs> it's just like, well, the weather network said this, and then this happened, and it's like, I don't know, mom. Yeah, that's you live in pretty, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm the, I'm a meteorologist, right? I get it wrong yeah. more often yeah. than not, and I can still get it. <laughs> You're with a it. very volatile meteorologist. Yeah, really rough, really rough. I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be like sunny and 25 today for this upcoming <laughs> December week. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be tough times. Optimistic, shooting for the stars. Um, all right, so let's get into some NBA stuff here. Let's um, do it. There's been some interesting uh, stuff coming out this week uh, around the fact that more travel calls have actually been called this season yeah. so far than allegedly ever. Um, it's apparently <laughs> really hard to decipher uh, turnovers and then extract from that out of all of those turnovers what were actually travel but apparently it's been happening more and more a lot of players are comp 
complaining about it uh mainly the golden state warriors because they actually lost a game against the dallas mavericks over it although it was the right call but apparently they actually won a game earlier this season against the sacramento kings and there was a travel violation that wasn't called so you know you had you had Steph Curry fully being like that wasn't the right call, uh, even though it clearly was. Then you had Steve Kerr basically calling out for consistency. But I'm just wanted to ask you, like, how do you feel like this has affected the game so far? Uh, I, I mean, you know when James Harden started doing that like twinkle toe step back three pointer thing, mm-hmm. I think all the basketball all the basketball peers like OG old head guys would tell you like, oh, what the heck is that? Like that that's like that's like clearly a travel. And then somehow like they, the rules have kind of it's like they've almost like evolved where they're allowing certain things like that to get away uh, to get away with. And uh, I I'm one of the old head guys. Like, look, I, it's two steps. It's like that simple. You, like, I don't know all mm-hmm. of this gather that like, you can take like 800 steps in between, but as long as you like land on two feet, but whatever it is. Right. Um, but I think the principle is like all sports, it's all about entertainment, more scoring almost always leads to more entertainment. Uh, but I think all this traveling stuff is trying to show a little bit more neutrality with that so it's like we're not always favoring just purely offense um so like dallas golden state game which was like a pretty big uh, national broadcast game you know it was what, like 10 travel call i forget what was the number it was like some insane number right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think it, they almost use that game as like they almost use that game as like what's the term i'm trying to say here like using it as use an that, example exactly that just to yeah. kind of like showed around the like, hey we will call these when they're obvious and some of them were very obvious right um but most of the time i think they get like kind of swept under the rug national broadcast game a game that mattered i think that's why you saw it. i don't think most of the games are called like that that was definitely an exception to the rule yeah um i i don't think i don't think the majority of the games are like that it just i, I felt like they were just punishing both the, both of them that game for some reason i don't know why i feel like i want to see like I, this might be like the comedian in me but i want to see a sketch of like nba referees like coming together and deciding like this is what they're gonna do to the warriors oh for sure yeah like, every like every so night they funny just, to me <laughs> they just get together you, you get a little sketch of them in the uh the meeting room ahead of them like hey guys um jordan pool all right we don't like that guy. We're just going to, every time he touches the ball, call a carry on him. We're all agree. Everybody agree? Okay, great. Boom. Yeah. Like we got he, this. he yeah. insulted my mom last week. Like we can't. There you go. He looked at, yeah, he looked at my <laughs> wife the wrong way. You know, I can't, I can't have that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'm not suggesting any of that actually happened. It's just interesting that like, you know, it's just interesting when they decide they're going to reinforce something more or not. Like, yeah. You know, like you almost never see like a carry being called, but it's happening every game for sure. It is. That's like, that's pretty, I would say kind of new. I, I, I'm noticing the carry calls a lot more this season than just last year. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's up with that, but hey, if it's a carry, it's a carry. It's more probably a knock on the previous uh, ref, like a uh, refing crews not calling them. Because they right. just wanted to like get right. it going. So it's like now they're kind of just like calling it proper. 
Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm aging myself here, but I remember back in the day, like Allen Iverson used to carry the ball. Like, oh yeah, boom! Don't worry, you're not aging yourself. Like, <laughs> I have, I have, I have Michael Jordan back there. Okay, where is he? There he is. There he is, Michael Jordan. That's how I'm aging myself. Okay, I got Bugs Bunny back there too. All right, so that's all right. Nice, nice. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he used to carry the ball all the time, and I think there at one point they were like trying to like crack down on it a bit but then it's like yo man it's ai like don't mess with this guy's flow yeah, you know just let, just let just let ai cook man so let him good. be him yeah, I you know you. i think yeah. it's all i think it's only bad when like he's the only guy in the league carrying at like such a ridiculous rate then <laughs> which have could have to. been the case in 2001 yeah. but now that everyone kind of they all have the same kind of habits and principles that's why i don't, I don't think they care as much it's not like anybody's like blatantly taking advantage of it mm-hmm. that's probably why it's like more loosely called i'd guess everybody mm-hmm. carries everybody travels They're like whatever They're everyone like whatever. jaywalks everybody jaywalks yeah do it every day just did it right now before this pod you know <laughs> yeah come, come 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 stop i dare you i, dare I you. did it too i went on i actually i went on a walk before uh we did this pod and mm-hmm. i i went up like a very like a very steep hill like a very okay. very steep hill okay. and okay. i got home and my face was just beet red like beet red <laughs> and <laughs> actually i have this i have this i'm going to show you it's this show like me. neck fan it looks like headphones but it's what like a neck is fan, that and then you put it around your neck whoa you hold that and you, and you what turn is it on that? and i used this to cool myself what how does that how is that even a thing that exists here wait is like, it also like minus like there's, five there's like a button right here and then you oh press it oh my god i don't know if the mic can pick up the sound or not but there's like a bit of air that comes through here like it comes through I these would, sides and then you just I'm wear it like that, this i'm shocked that you needed that in toronto's temperature right now Look i know you. but i was wearing like a really thick winter coat which i probably didn't need and, it, and and I went up that really steep hill. Like it's really like I I promise you, it's a very very steep okay. hill. Right. I don't want right. to give away like exactly where I live, but it's gotcha. like. It's... I appreciate you showing that though. I, I'm glad I'm glad I saw that. <laughs> and that, now, and then I was know. using the neck fan anyway. That was <laughs> I didn't know this existed. It was like a it was, uh, it was random. It was a gift from Andrew Fung because uh, okay. I worked on his show and he gave it to all the writers for some reason. I don't know if he thinks we're all sweaty people or something. Yeah, that is a very funky team-wide gift. gift to hand out. It's a all weird right. staff gift, but I was like, this is revolutionary. Like in the all summer, right. I wore it on the subway. Yeah. Kind of feels like a troll gift a little bit. A and little maybe bit. it is. I'm, I'm going to ask him and I'll okay. circle back with everyone if it was a troll okay. gift or not. But I, even if it was, it worked out. Wow, uh, you're getting good utility of it on December 1st <laughs> in Toronto. Shout out. I need, yeah, on December 1st, 2022, I needed a neck fan. Okay, Impressive. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm realizing I probably should have switched these topics around, but. Um, no, it's all good. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about this very interesting article I found um, from Forbes magazine, and it was talking about essentially their headline is why tem- tampering in the NBA still makes good business sense. And essentially, it's talking about how, uh, you know, the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks have both lost their second round draft picks this year as a result of tampering. Miami, uh, it was the pursuit of Kyle Lowry in 2021. And for the Bucks, it was their for their announcement in 2020 about a trade for Boyan Bogdanovich, which yeah, actually yeah. never happened, but yep. it was leaked 
before it happened. And so they have both lost their second round picks. But basically what this article argues is that that is essentially nothing <laughs> for these teams and that they would risk that every time. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's it's a good argument to be made and that essentially there is no real way to, I don't want to use the word police, but really to monitor or track tampering amongst teams amongst players in any real significant way that this is basically the most the league can do and for me this kind of begs the question like should these tampering rules even exist as they currently do yeah i mean it's probably it's probably on all the ownership groups to come together and say like how blatantly unfair do they think some of these practices are um because i mean my gut is in some way shape or form everybody is participating in some oh yeah i think so yeah everybody does right so uh, it happened to be that these two teams just probably didn't do it as uh as clean or as behind the scenes as they probably wanted to but like you said the pun like the punishment just doesn't match the payoff like you said and i agree with what the article is talking about um I just don't think I just don't think Adam Silver in the league will probably go too heavy-handed unless there's like one like really bad example that the media picks up on, the fans get upset about, and then there's just enough negative press where they're like, okay, yeah, 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 we gotta fix that. This is bad for the game. But those are like really minor things that I don't think anybody, when they were happening in real time, any NBA fans really cared about. So it's like, why no, are we? I agree. Yeah, so like, why are we going so hard on this? Like, we should slap them on the wrist, but nothing to the point where it's like we're heavily or punitively penalizing them. Um, but who knows? One day, maybe there will be a really bad example. One team or one fan base or somebody just really goes off about it. And it's, you know how these things usually go? They're reactionary. Oh, mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. something happened. Okay, we better put in some rules. Yeah, my, my impression yeah. of Adam Silver is he doesn't want to care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he absolutely has to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he's a lawyer by trade, right? Yeah, he only, yeah. Only if you really twist his hand, yeah, will he yeah, get yeah. involved. He does not want to get involved. I think that is the, yeah, I, I think he's done a good job of not being too heavy handed. Sure, Only that's another way there. to phrase it. Yeah. You're a professional. Yeah. You're. A... <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got I got bills to pay. You know. <laughs> that's fair. I pay my I pay my bills in other ways, so that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just think he doesn't want to care, and I think that. But you know, he's kind of. I think his hand was turned. Like I think he he was made to care and he came up with this second round draft pick rule. But that means there's like 58 picks this coming draft in total. Like they didn't end up like giving those picks to like some other team or doing something else. So there's like actually going to be less players drafted now. Well, yeah, um, it's just coming season. So it does affect people just, yeah. on some level. Well, I mean, there's a lot of undra- I mean, shout out Fred Bembley, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of undrafted rookies coming to the league so that's all it'll be it'll just it'll just be two more undrafted yeah yeah two more undrafted players in the league i guess but yeah i mean it's such a like i mean i think they should really review tampering i mean i don't remember when the next like uh players like collective bargaining agreement is negotiated or what but i they need to revisit it like it just feels like no it's a rule that no one's following i think it'll only really get 
to be a problem if like one fan base or team feels very jaded like somebody that's like they really need it to have on their team and then somehow some funny business happened behind the scenes and then they got that player stolen away from like imagine i can't o- even imagine what that would be okay you're like no it's like a, like a like an okc like shay what if somehow something happens like shay commits to okc and then behind the scenes somebody like negotiates a really dirty like agreement with him that's like kind of closed door agreement and then sga ends up somewhere else completely when he was committed to playing for okc then okc would go out and then obviously the fan base go crazy and then if they go loud enough maybe they'll do something about it but um it hasn't happened yet it hasn't happened yet yeah, where maybe. It's like anybody's been really upset i mean i remember like um when kevin durant and kyrie irving got together and they were like you know we've been talking about this since the 2016 olympics yeah. and it's like that means they were talking about it not just like haha wouldn't that be hilarious talking about it that means they were talking about it but like that's also that's an interesting one see this is this is where i think it's like you're like this is why Catherine, you don't know that for fact which is no true. but it's like <laughs> Why can't players talk about that stuff? It's not like they're doing like I don't get why players can't look talk like about that when stuff. when LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, you know, decided to form their trio in Miami. That wasn't a conversation on July first at midnight. Mm-hmm. That's a previous conversation. Oh, for obviously. sure. For sure. So uh, players aren't allowed to like. Are are we going to police what players can text? Well, that's other just players? it. They can't. And what? they're not going, not? they're not going, what? well, yeah. well, Adam Silver says they can't, which oh, means sorry, can't he's not yeah, going yeah, yeah. to try. <laughs> yeah. And, that's, and I'm not that's suggesting what... he should. I'm not suggesting he should. I think the tampering that should be policed is when there are rules that all the front offices and teams are expected to abide to and they break those rules. That's different. But like players talking amongst themselves, like what is how are you going to stop that, first of all? And number two, why can't Well, they? you can't. You can't. But, you know, for example, uh, this is just like a very hypothetical, okay? I'm not suggesting this would happen. But if Masai was like, hey, you know, like this player is going to become a free agent, Pascal, it would be really great if you befriended them. Who's I mean- to say that doesn't happen? That's good Wouldn't front that office just be management. That's just smart, right? <laughs> I think you should I befriend do. him. You're going to the all-star game. Hang out with this person. So you're saying we need Go out to trade. Together, we need to trade for DeAndre oh. Jordan is what you're saying right now. <laughs> we need DJ on our team. I mean, we we'll need a 2012 schmoozing. DeAndre Jordan. That would. So we need Boban. We need to make a trade for Boban. And then wait, are those the can... only free agents this year? Is that why you're? No, mentioning? they're no. just like two of like the friendliest guys in the entire league. Oh yeah, they're, they're everyone they're loves. So nice. That's everyone true. loves, right? Yeah, so yeah, that'll be like that'll be like, hey guys, send in DJ. We need to go get this player. Yada yada. Send in Boban. All right. Make the call. See if you can get this guy into John Wick Four. <laughs> That's how Boban will flex his muscles, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure that happens. And even if it doesn't happen, like, who's to say that wouldn't be a good idea? I think that's actually um, some really good front office management skill, like strategies. Thank you. I'm going to take here. this clip. You should. You should. Send it to you them. Should, actually. Yeah. 
and so like tell them, hey, hire me, hire me, consultant. I got some, I got and some, I'll I, be like, I got some, I, got some way, do some things different around here, right? <laughs> got some so ideas. Terrible. I'd be so <laughs> terrible. I would actually be so terrible. Um, speaking of front office stuff, um, you know, all summer long, it was rumored, you know, Kevin Durant, Scotty Barnes, right? Like that was a whole thing. And then Serge Ibaka, love Serge. Uh, he was traded here on Valentine's Day. We'll never forget it. Um, <laughs> uh, he brought back his How Hungry Are You series. He interviewed mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet. That episode dropped this week. And he asked Fred, like, would you trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant? And Fred said no, because he's a loyal guy. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Fred, yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah. Wes, you're, you're, you're a betting person. Are you a loyal guy? I, I'm, you know, I'm probably too loyal, actually, Ooh. to be honest, especially as a betting guy, especially okay. as a betting guy. All right. I think I, uh, I hold on to my prior opinions of people for too long. And then sometimes I'll get burned mm. for that. Mm. Even prior opinions on some teams. But yeah, shout out to Fred. Look at this guy. What a leader, eh? Just just <laughs> political answer. Yeah, it is right a bit things. of a political answer, isn't it? Oh yeah. Fred Fred knows. Fred knows what he's doing. He's he's built different, all right? He's built different. <laughs> he, he's now, rolling a, those dice. He knows what he's doing. That was a good answer. Why would you say anything other than that? That surge. He would. He would ask Fred a question like yeah, that. Yeah, otherwise, and then he's going to like bribe them with that cricket tea. Here's exactly. the thing that bugs me about the cricket tea. He doesn't even try to make it good. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not filtering. Like, like when you make tea, you don't like leave a tea bag in the water for like hours and then drink it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You steep it for so long, you take it out. Maybe you add some honey to it or something. Like he's not even oh, trying oh, to no, make that Oh, no, it's a straight punishment. Good. No. It's straight punishment. I and then it. he it's drinks it like, oh, I do this every day. Serge, oh, yeah, no, you yeah. don't. And no, if you, you do, don't. do something else because you haven't been the same in like two years. Serge, so change, change the routine, Serge. Change Serge has got to be one of the best social media guys out there. He's oh, no, so, e- so extra, man. I love everything he does. Kills me, man. I wish he was still on our team because the way I of see course. it is of if you're going to be on the end of someone's bench in this league, be on the end of our bench. I want to see, like, we never, we have been robbed of the opportunity to see Serge Ibaka and Gary Trent Jr. go shopping. I'm willing to bet Serge would have loved to have stayed. Yeah, yeah. I think we weren't, we weren't going to pay him. We weren't going to pay him. Yeah, it just didn't work out, but I bet you he would have loved to have been here. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. I mean, he's still doing a show for us. It's like, like Sportsnet has picked it up. Yeah, I heard he uh, still shows up at. I'm sure he shows up at Rollsaw every once in a while without us knowing. You know, oh, he'll, he'll true, just be true, there. True. I bet you he'll just pop in one at once or twice a, a year, and no one would even know. I'm sure. Yeah, he I think I think he loves. From what I heard, he loves Toronto. He loves. Yeah, Toronto. yeah, yeah. So, but the yeah, question is, Wes, would you have made that trade? Um, with where the Raps are right now. Uh, I probably would not have. And the the logic is like the Raps, I still don't think are really ready to win right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like even with Kevin Durant there, like maybe, maybe. But you know, the way I look at it is like, look at how much money you'd have to blow to have Kevin Durant on your team. Scotty Barnes in the second year of his rookie contract. I don't think people think about that stuff. Yeah. But like, you're so apples like so this is the way i think most people think about it they just look kevin durant skill level scotty barnes skill level who's a better player kevin durant okay for sure you're gonna take kevin durant but it's skill relative to contract 
relative to skill level in three years from now, four years from now. You, you know what I mean? That's how that's like how you have to think about these things, and you're just not getting the same dollar for like bang for buck by having Kevin Durant on your team who's slowly going to peak and downhill. Whereas like Scotty, you don't know how high the ceiling is. And you're also paying like in NBA terms next to nothing for him right now. So like, why would you like, why would you completely? Yeah, because you would have to give up more than just Scotty to make that trade. It's so not the just only, a swap. The only time I think you ever do something like that where you're basically mortgaging your entire future is like, if you are like absolutely sure you'll have a legit shot to get to the finals with said player. And I, I don't think you can confidently say, even with Kevin Durant on the wraps in that scenario, they would beat one of Boston or Milwaukee to get to the finals. Right. So it's like, why would you do that? Yeah, no, I think that's totally legit. Um, I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, there's different kinds of fans. And there's a group of fans that I call panic fans. Mm-hmm. And the panic fans are, are loud right now. You know, they're loud. Scotty Barnes is going through that that sophomore slump, as people have talked about. And the panic fans are loud. And I'm telling you right now, if you told a certain percentage of people this summer, oh, and by the way, Scotty Barnes is going to go through a bit of a sophomore slump to start the season, they would have been like, do it. Do that. Make that trade, you know. Um, But I agree with you. I think the ceiling is still too high. And you, you know, I think it's like four years that's left on Kevin Durant's contract. I, you know, it, he's playing amazing right now, but the based on his history and his current age, the idea that he would be healthy for the next four years is at the rate you're, at the rate you're paying him at the rate it's that you're paying like, him, and also at the rate that you're kind of forced to play him right now. Yeah, you no. know, I, I just feel like you're you're going to pay him that but you're probably going to get realistically two out of four good years with durant yeah i mean like i'm i'm a i'm a kevin durant stan i don't i don't a stan you're a stan i'm big time big time i think kevin durant's one of the best scorers of all time period okay Okay, i just wanted to make sure you meant it when you said stan yeah he's (laughs) one of the one of the best of all time uh i think well to put it out like he's definitely a better offensive player than lebron and, you know, you always see that argument one-to-one. Uh-huh. Uh, I think overall, LeBron is clearly a better player. But um, when you talk about purely scoring, there's just no one in this generation that's better or more unstoppable than Kevin Durant. Um, but it, to me, it's also like trying to manage your your winning windows. And I think just everybody that's on the Raptors team, we're not set up to win today. We're set up to win probably in a year or two or three. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So you're trying to line that up a little bit better. And that, I mean... Listen, if we knew all the answers, we'd be working for the front office, right? That's why they make all the big bucks and they do all the real decision making. And we just sit here and talk like we know what we're doing. But, you know, Scotty Barnes, roll with it. I think the fan base prefers to have Scotty Barnes anyways. Uh So just, you know, you got to think about your fans. I think the fans want Scotty here. So let the fans have what they want. Yeah, I feel like I uh, I definitely appreciate Kevin Durant for the level of greatness that he is but as far as being like a stan i'm like really like old like small backpack kevin durant stan oh yeah no that's what i'm talking like i i really stand him during his okc years that's what i'm saying you're the real mvp years yeah that was just a different 
Kevin yes. Durant than he yes. is now. Right. So like things have obviously changed, but like, you know, from as a basketball, you talk about from a purely basketball standpoint, it's like he's just more skilled mm-hmm. and he's more technically sound than anybody in this like anybody in this era. Like LeBron's nowhere nearly as technically sound as Kevin Ooh. Durant. Well, think about that. Just look, compare the jump shots. As simple as that. Sure. Compare the jump shots, right? Anybody who knows a thing about basketball knows Kevin Durant's jump shots by far better mm-hmm. than Kevin uh, than LeBron. And that's just purely that's purely work in the gym. Like you know, you earn that. You're not born with that skill, right? So, um, you know, Kevin Durant. All the respect to him, but I wouldn't make that trade either. I think the Raptors are doing the right thing, even if that was something on the table. Yeah, I agree. Um, and more Raptors talk. Um, you know, we talked a little bit already about <laughs> how this past week has gone. Um, but Pascal is back. Um, he's looking great. Um, we desperately need him, not just for his scoring, but his passing and Sweet. how he facilitates our offense overall. Um, I really predict that like, you know, when, when he's healthy, like our like record and everything is going to improve, uh, Mm -hmm. despite our little trip to bourbon street. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to get your thoughts on how you feel about Pascal being back in the lineup now. Yeah. So we're on the broadcast talking about this when he went down, the Raptors offensive rating dropped to 25th in the NBA during this period, they floated around 500. In the first nine games when he was playing, the Raps had the third best offense. Mm. Like, you know, like my job is to talk stats, right? Like, that speaks for itself. Yeah, you we can't the, compare, yeah. We have the third best offense in the league when he's on the floor. We dropped a bottom six offense. Like, and the eye test speaks for itself. Like, it, it's just, we get a lot of empty, crappy isolation possessions. And when Siakam's on the floor, a lot more open shots are being spread out amongst the other four players. It's that simple. Like, you like I'm sure you know. Like we talk about it all the time. Like, yo, Siakam took a lot of flack last year, uh-huh. like when he was coming back from injury, and like people were really trying to like give him the grinds. And he he played well in the second half. He earned it. And now that he's playing at this version, it's like you have to give him his love. Like he deserves. Like you. You're seeing on a like on a national level, like uh, ESPN and everybody. I think they're giving Siakam a lot of love, mm-hmm. but like, you know, Toronto fans, super bitter, super bitter fans. You know how we like very, very uh, petty, very petty. These Toronto Raptors fans are. So you know, everybody Look, petty was, gets clicks. That's why petty gets okay. Clicks. So like petty everybody who has given Siakam all the grinds back in the day, I. I better see them shouting loud and proud about how good Siakam's playing this year because without him, the Raps would be a lottery-bound team. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, he's playing at a very elite level. I feel like when he's healthy this season, this might be like the best he's ever looked, honestly. Oh, Pierre, no, it's that's that's like yeah. that. that's a no that's, that's a, no-brainer. a no-brainer. Like I I mean, I've been loving Pascal this year. I do hope he I mean, we all know he's an all-star, but I'm just saying, like, I hope he's back there again this year. He's definitely earned it. I mean, you know, you said it like he was injured last year. You know, he kind of missed that, but we all rallied behind Fred, which was fun. I mean, I even think, like, maybe it should be, like, Pascal and OG this year uh-huh. if we no, get two sure. players in the all-star. Oh, that, like, sure. I that mean, that's be... exactly who it would be. It'd be those two for sure if it's uh, two from the Raptors. 
the noise, like how much noise Siakam's getting, it's like all NBA first or second team. Yes. Like that, that's where the conversation is right now. And he will probably end up at best on the second team. But the fact that at least they're even willing to entertain that conversation. That he could be first team, yeah. That I mean, come on. Like a year ago, we would be calling pure bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. But this season is actually for real. Like you, you can actually make an argument, right? So, um, yeah, like I said, all the people that are hating, yo, get the receipts out, you know, get those <laughs> tweets, get those retweets from 2021. I'm going to find them and I'm going to remind you. If I see any negativity about Siakam this year, y'all, y'all just don't know. You don't know anything about basketball because Siakam's the only reason why this team's even winning. Yeah, Um no, absolutely. Like, I just love him and I'm so happy he's back. And, you know, it, and that he looked good coming back too. like, you oh, know, yeah. it, he didn't he wasn't like shaking off any rust or, or anything like he looks great. So, you know, despite uh, last night's loss, like I'm still so excited for uh, for the coming I, weeks and everything. And like, you know, it was good to see Gary Trent Jr. have a good game, too. It's probably like the one silver lining that we could mm-hmm. really take from that game. You know, like last week I talked about Nick Nurse benching him and you know he's been calling people out into the media and stuff but i think last night like when fred got ejected uh that which was like was was silly but uh, i think it gave gary trent jr like an opportunity and i think he was like i need to seize this moment right now and that's what you want to see you know what like on that note i think as okay, so you, you, we all hear it. There's so many rumblings about, oh, we better trade Gary now before, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, now's the time to, like, yeah. get something good back for Gary. Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to put him beside Scotty Barnes, both who came off the bench in their first game back last, mm-hmm. uh, the other game against Cleveland. You know, Gary's answer when asked by the press about, you know, how he felt about coming off the bench, he gave a very professional, like, PR savvy answer. You remember how Scotty answered that same question after the Cavs game? I thought he acted like a whiny little teenage child that's like <laughs> yes, getting a toy, you know. But yeah. like that's exact. And so like my problem with that is like, look, if you envision yourself as being like a leader for this team or somebody who clearly is very important to this franchise, you're like, is that the type of person you want leading your team? And I think I get why he's emotional about it. He's upset, but it's just a good example to show his lack of maturity at this stage in his career. And Gary Trent's not too much older than him either. So um, I'm just giving Gary like a shout out for like, Hey, he knew, he knew it's not a good spot for him getting benched. He knew Nick nurse is giving him shit in the media yet. Look at the way he responded in the presser coming off a really strong game he's letting his game speak for himself and that's just juxtaposed with how bad scotty's looked in these games with the way he acted in that press conference i hope scotty takes it as a learning experience to be like look you know what like like so much of so much of basketball is mental right Uh and i think he should look at this as a learning experience to like take a page out of gary's book and like hey you know what approach this as a challenge that you have to overcome instead of pouting about it and acting like a child, which he, like, honestly, it was probably one of the most embarrassing, like, press conferences the Raptors have had this year to see the way he answered. That's a, that's a terrible answer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he literally looked like a 12-year-old kid that had, like, a toy taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's your first game back. Just like, just like say something smart about it and move on. You literally got back into the starting lineup the next game. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, you know, we talk about panic fans. Like I think a lot of panic fans are starting to worry about like Nick nurse and like, you know, do the players like, are they responding to what he's doing and stuff? I'm not panicked at all. I'm not worried at all. I kind of like that. He holds the bar really high for everybody. And, you know, he's letting, I think for him, you know, it's early in the season and it's like, for him, it's a good way to let everyone know, like you have to earn your minutes on this team, even if they low key don't, you know what I mean? (laughs) Even if they low key kind of don't, I think it's his way of showing everyone, like, you have to earn your minutes on this team and it's going to keep everyone like on their toes. Right. And I'm sure Gary Trent saw that too. Like, look, if he's willing to bring Scotty Barnes off the bench, why would I be treated any differently? And, you know, Fred's out. So now I'm going to have more minutes and I'm going to utilize them. And I think like that ultimately is a good thing for the team, even though last night's game was terrible. Yeah. And you know, one thing to note on that is, Look at how well Thad played during mm-hmm. his time filling in. But does that count for nothing? Like, yeah, like you can't because- say he hasn't earned it. And like this Thad, you know, Wancho, you know, relationship. I'm calling it a relationship. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like like their, their dynamic together has been great to see. And, you know, who's to say they haven't earned their minutes, right? So they are like they played really well. And what's the coach's job at the end of the day? It's to get the team to win. And Thad's been playing some really good winning basketball for the Raps. And I actually think he has a really good role with that starting unit. So, you know, against the Cleveland team that has a lot of bigs, they're, they got a lot of size, even though Jared Allen didn't play. Um, I think it made sense to let Thad at least start the game. And then whatever minute allocation went to Gary, went to Scotty, fine. You fig- like you flatten it out throughout the rest of the game. Thad was excellent. And that's not fair to Thad to suddenly say, oh, just because this and this person's back, we're going to immediately shoot your minutes down. Like, no, you know what? Make him prove it. And Scotty actually in these first two games hasn't shown that he's playing better than Thad. So until he does, maybe let him slowly work his way back up. Mm-hmm. That's um, been great. Shout out to Thad. That's been awesome. I really liked how Thad's played and looked in, on this team. He's, uh, he's the connector for all these guys right now. He's really getting the ball swinging. It was weird though to start the season. He wasn't playing at all, right? Yeah, which was he strange. Wasn't. Everyone's like, so then why? It's like almost like why are we signing him if he's not going to play any minutes? Yada yada. So, I'm I'm like you. Like I'm glad to see that he's he's getting good rotation minutes and he's actually having an impact, um, even though his game looks really like unorthodox and funky sometimes on the shots he throws up. <laughs> yeah. But he gets it done, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah, that's just his quirk, you know? That's just Oh, for quirk. sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's got some he's some quirky-ass left-handed shots nobody expects coming. <laughs> that's how he rolls. Uh, this is a good time for me to finally have my Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. I'm excited for this. I need to... Okay, I'm going to sit back. What, talk to me. Talk to this segment I've been waiting for on the agenda. Talk to me. What do you want to know? I, I want to know what, what's the like, tell me more about this segment. Well, base. Okay. So the origin story of the segment was to talk about like his suits, his fits, you know, cause mm-hmm. like Nick has like, you know, an eclectic style, mm-hmm. but now like, you know, they've been wearing polos for like two years now. It's driving me fucking crazy. Like I hate all of them. They're all garbage. I want them mm-hmm. all to burn in like a nice 
bonfire or something you know what i mean but you know so now it's just like does he what has he done in like the last week that's been interesting or fun or you know that kind of thing um i want to give a shout out to one of our listeners her name's Brittany. uh she went to the arkells concert was like messaging me and was like i'll tell you if nick nurse is here he's on the <laughs> he's on the program blah 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 and i was like oh this is exciting it didn't even occur to me to go to an arkells concert to see nick but uh sadly he was not there so i was like oh, really man. counting on that i was like oh. oh this would be such a great hottie highlight but uh he didn't he wasn't there which was weird because i think they were both in town at the same time Maybe there was an after party. I don't know. I'm not. Okay. I'm not that in the loop. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but the other thing that I'll talk about, I was going to talk about like you know Gary Trent like rising to the occasion, but we kind of covered that already. So yeah. you know, I'll just use this opportunity to talk about my, my the the Nick Nurse happy and angry at refs 2023 calendar. Okay. Um, I've made <laughs> a calendar of Nick Nurse. Me and Dana at Great Dane collaborated. Every month is a very wonderfully illustrated picture of Nick Nurse smiling, happy, and another picture of him yelling at a ref. Oh, I, I love feel it. Like I love it, it really yeah. captures his essence. You know, mm. it's all the reasons we love him, all his all his flaws, everything. You know what I mean? And it's in this really fun calendar and you can I get it that. at Raptors Republic. So there's that. I got to, you know, for all the other Nick Nurse uh, lovers out there like myself, I'm going to try really hard. I got other people out there. I got feelers. You know, we're trying to get you the hottie content but some mm. weeks just, you know, some weeks are better than others. Some weeks he really like surprises you, you know, it's like <laughs> he busts out the guitar, he does something fun and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then other Love weeks it. it just, you know, he's just playing it low key. So it's not, well, it's low- not an easy segment to maintain, but I'm, I'm trying. Low key week, you know, didn't uh, hit up the Arkells as you would have hoped, but uh, no. sorry that I, sorry I hopped on for a week where we got no... Nick Nurse, oh listen you know, Wes like when 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 something like big happens like I'll tell you yeah, you even if you don't have a ton of time because I know you got a newborn and stuff you could just hop on for like the last okay. segment even let's do it let's do it. I, I'm literally happy to come back on right we'll get it done yeah okay right. <laughs> thank you so much uh Wes for all our listeners let us know like uh you know where we can find you on the internet. Yeah, Chang, literally, as you see it there, Chang Wesley, that's my Twitter. Uh, it's my Instagram. You can find it there, too. Uh, most of the time, my stuff will be like on broadcast. So, you know, like Raps pregame, uh, SportsCenter. You, you, you see the Asian guy on TV. There's only one of us. It's me. So it's me. <laughs> What's up? All right. I'm that guy. All right. So come find me. TSN talking hoops. It's only me. Amazing. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 